Throughout April, we have been in the book of John. And in the book of John, he provides us with the purpose of his book, which is John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, where he writes, Now Jesus did many other things in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. But these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. As believers, or as a person who is, does not yet believe, reading this book is important because it is a straightforward, clearly written book with a profound proclamation that Jesus is equal to God the Father and the source of life. Good morning, my name is Jeff, and today I will be providing an overview of the book of John chapters 1 through 5, and then ident identifying a few things in chapters 6 through 8 that are significant. So, chapter 1 through 5, we start in chapter 1 where we see that Jesus is the Word that was with God and the Word that was God. We see his first disciples follow him in, the, in chapter 1. We also see that Nathaniel realizes that Jesus, who wasn't physically there, saw him while he sat under the fig tree. And Nathaniel is blown away. And then in chapter 2, we see where Jesus turns the water into wine. <clears throat> then in chapter 3, we see the Pharisee Nicodemus come to him in the middle of the night. To, to try to find out what is going on and has some questions for him. <clears throat> so we see him where it says in the beginning of chapter 3, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one else can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born, of again, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. <clears throat> so we see Nicodemus come to him in the middle of the night, and just a profound statement about being born again. That's where that phrase came from. You might wonder, why do Christians call themselves or, or called born-again Christians? Well, it comes from Jesus' words that you see right there. And then a little farther along in chapter 3, not far, Jesus himself says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then in verse 16, which is, Obviously, we, a lot of people know 16, but 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. <clears throat> and then you see in chapter 
for the woman at the well, longing for satisfaction in life. She's sitting at the well. Jesus comes to her in Samaria, which typically Jews didn't travel through Samaria. And he comes to her at this well and he's off, he offers her water where she'll never thirst again. So she's thirsty after things in life. There's a lot going on in her life. Uh, she's, you see the Pharisee, a very religious person in Nicodemus. And then you see a contrast in the lady at the well, the Samaritan at the well. So you see both sides, the super religious. And then you see a worldly type of person, generally speaking, that has, you know, five husbands and, and thirsting after something, satisfaction. And Jesus offers her himself as water that will satisfy her thirst. And that's in chapter four, verse 13 and 14. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Speaking of the water in the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Awesome stuff. And then in chapter 5, Jesus explains that all authority God has has been given to him. And that's chapter 5, verse 27. So in verse 26, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man so we see both we see jesus gives life but he also has the authority to execute judgment which is which is something that i i noticed and i said wow that's there's a lot in chapter one through five you could talk about those those five chapters for months maybe longer so now that we've looked at and had an overview of chapter one through five, let's discuss the importance of chapters six through eight. So in chapter six, where we are this week in our praxis reading, we're in chapter six through eight, right about for, for this particular week. The start of chapter six, we see that Jesus feeds the 5,000. And in that, the beginning of chapter six, where we see him feed the 5,000. Jesus only says three things, and I kind of got a little chuckle out of, out, of, out of one of them. But he doesn't say a whole lot, but he does say three things. He says, after the crowd approaches, he looks up and he sees the 5,000 people. And he says to Philip in verse 5, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Now, this, Jesus is saying this to Philip. So he's kind of like prompting him to look out at this 5,000 person crowd. 5,000 was only counting the men. So there's many more, more than 5,000. So he's kind of like taunting him, like, how are you going to feed all these people? And then Philip says something and Andrew says something. We can buy some. Uh, this, this boy has, um, you know, two loaves and five fish, or excuse me, five loaves and two fish. So Jesus looks out of the crowd and he says, have the people sit down. So the first thing he says, where are you going to buy all this bread? And they're like, I don't know. And then he says, have the people sit down. So the, the people sit down. And the third thing that he says is make sure you collect all the little pieces that are left over. We don't want anything to go to waste. I'm paraphrasing. But literally, specifically, he says, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. 
So those are the only things he says when they when he feeds the 5,000. And obviously a massive miracle for all those people to be fed and there be leftover food after that. And then he goes to the mountain. So he came from the mountain to come down and do this. And then he goes back up to the mountain by himself. So you kind of see him performing things and doing things, interacting with people. And he realizes it's not quite his time. So he leaves and goes off to himself at times to pray. It doesn't say he goes to pray, but he withdrew to the mountain by himself in this particular instance. And then a little farther in chapter six, we see him walk on water. And then in chapter six, verse 32, we see that he's called the bread of life. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Talking about himself. Then he said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. So we see he's, this, he's, he's water, he's providing you to satisfy your thirst, and his bread will satisfy your hunger. So he's giving us these pictures and these showing that the, you have a religious person who, who's coming him, to him in the middle of the night in the dark words. Nobody can see him because he's living this, this morally sound life and he's still wondering how do I how do I live this life as a super spiritual religious person knows the scriptures? Then you have the Samaritan who who's trying to figure out life and going through going through all these things, and he says, "Come to me, I'll 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 give you water where you'll never thirst again." And then we see that he's the bread of life. <clears throat> then it starts to transition a little bit where we see him specifically mention something. That I thought was neat because they're asking, how do we do this? Well, we see the spirit. We talk about water. We talk about bread. And now we see Jesus say in chapter 6, verse 44. Jesus answered them. He says, do not grumble among yourself. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So then you kind of, then it, then it becomes like a wow. Okay, so Jesus or God has to draw you to him like he draws us to himself he draws us to himself so that that's a little different twist that that may not be considered all the time that i think that as humans we want to do it ourselves, but god has to draw us to himself in order for us to come to him so then a little farther in verse 65 he says he says here this is why i told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by my father. So again, we see Jesus saying that you can't come to him unless it is granted by my father. <clears throat> After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. It's a hard message to hear. It's hard to understand. What do you mean I have to be drawn? I thought I'm doing all these religious things. I'm, I think I'm doing what the world is telling me to do, but, but I don't seem to be any closer to God. Well, he's saying God has to grant you access to the father himself. So in verse 12, I'm sorry, he says to the 12, 
which I which I thought was great because this is it's profound. It's a little bit confusing. The talking about the wind and the spirit and okay. So after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Understandably, hard message to hear. So Jesus said to the twelve, "Do you want to go as way as? Do you want to go away as well?" So he's looking at the twelve who've seen him, who've seen all these things, and he says, "Do you want to go away as well?" And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you the twelve, and yet one of you is the devil? So, <clears throat> so we see that he's, he's calling out to Peter, and he's saying, he said, do you want to leave too? And Peter answers, well, he's talking to 12, but Peter responds and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? So I thought about that and, and you know, I prompt you or I, I, I challenge you to kind of think about that. You know, how are we operating? Are we, are we living this super spiritual life where we think we're doing all the right things? Or are we chasing what the world is telling us? And, you know, getting cars, whatever it is, houses, working really hard. But we're never really satisfied, so we, we're not never our thirst is never quenched, our hunger is never satisfied. Well, we see that Jesus is saying that, well, you, you need to be born again, you need to drink of this water that I can give you, eat this bread that I'm offering to you. So in chapter 7, verse 38 and 39, <clears throat> it was the last day of the feast, the great day. Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living water, will flow rivers of living water. So I know that I would, I want rivers of living water to flow out of me. I want to believe more. I want my faith to increase. I want to be able to, to love and to be kind to people around me. Uh, not out of a morality thing or a performance, but I want the spirit of God to dwell in, in me and I want it to dwell in you so that so out of us rivers of, of living water can can flow and that we can speak and help people with the with the spirit driving us, not any kind of, of human activity specifically, but just the spirit of God that's indwelling in us and pouring out of us like streams of living water. So today we went through an overview of chapters one through five and highlighted some of the, some of the things in there. And then I touched on just a few things in chapter six through eight. There's so many things in, in the first eight chapters of, of the book of John. I barely touched on them, but I just wanted to give a sequential idea of all the things that are going on. We see the religious, we see the worldly, we see the struggles. And then he offers us this water and this bread to eat and the spirit when we believe is fills us up and we become rivers of flowing water. <clears throat> so in closing and where we started was where we hear why John writes what he writes. And John says, now Jesus did many other things in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book, but these things that John wrote and we looked at today, these things were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing, 
you may have life in his name. So bless you. Have a great day. And I pray that your faith is increased and the spirit of God fills you up and you become streams of living water. Have a great day.